Hello, this is A.R. Bernard, and welcome to my podcast. My objective, it's simple, to create a platform where you can be educated, informed, and inspired as you navigate the intersection of faith and culture. If you have no faith, maybe you'll find it here. So, thanks for tuning in. And I got to say this as a preface, because we're going to get into signs of the times, because we really must live with a spiritual awareness and a prophetic acuteness. Mm-hmm. You want to write that down? We must live with a spiritual awareness and a prophetic acuteness. And prophetic acuteness simply means being perception and insight. Spiritual perception and insight. So we must live with a spiritual awareness and a prophetic acuteness. And by acuteness, again, I mean insight, perception. Remember, the difference between perspective and perception, perspective is your point of view that's been shaped by all of your experiences in life, how you grew up, your family, your economics, your education, and all of that. Perception is how you interpret what you see. And perception, our perspective drives your perception. It'll drive how you, how you interpret things. So when we get into signs of the times, we are bringing a perspective and a perception of what we're witnessing around us. And too often, when we talk about signs of the times, which are, are prophetic indicators that emanate from the social, spiritual, moral, and political um, characteristics of the culture, too often we do it to create fear and say, Jesus better come back soon. But that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that we are to be aware of the signs of the times so that we are sensitized not to what the devil is doing, but to what God is doing. Mm-hmm. Very important. Can you repeat that, please? Because that's a powerful statement. All right. All right. So, so to, to the signs of the times for us is for us to be aware, spiritually sensitive, not to what the devil is doing, but to what God is doing. And too often, signs of the times when Christians talk about, especially apocalyptic talk Mm -hmm. in their eschatology, you know, it's all about this is coming, this is happening, oh my God. No, no. The wilderness, remember chaos versus Mm -hmm. order? The wilderness experience for the children of Israel, the wilderness was dark, all right? And it symbolizes the world of chaos, darkness, and confusion. That's what it symbolized. And what God showed them by taking them into the wilderness before taking them into the promised land is, was to have them in a type of the world of darkness and chaos and show them that in the midst of that darkness and chaos, he can bring light, mm-hmm. he can bring guidance, he can bring provision, he can bring protection. So the pillar of fire by night shows that in the darkness, God can bring light Mm -hmm. so that you know where you're going. Cloud by day, God can guide you so that you know where you're going. The provision of water from the rock and the whales and manna from heaven. So essentially when we look at the signs of the time, yes, it's it's, it's a study of what, you know, the, the spirit of this world is doing, all right, and the forces of evil, but... It's also 
to remind us and reassure us of what God is doing. That in the midst of all of this, God can continue, will continue to be God. Mm -hmm. Especially when it comes to his people. So this is never meant to scare us. It is meant to, to alert us, to raise our awareness. Jesus discerned between the spirit of God and the spirit of the times. Very, very important. When Jesus, in, in John 8, 23, 8, 23, he said to the religious leaders, he said, I am from above, you are from beneath. You are of this world, I am not of this world. So he was saying that they were a product of the times in which they lived. So the culture is what shaped their perspective. Jesus says, in the midst of all of this, no, my perspective is being shaped from above. That's determining how I see and understand myself and what's going on in this world in which we live. Very, very important. So in as much as we're going to talk about these things, um, at what's happening politically and socially and all of that, and what it means um, spiritually where we are in God's time clock, it's not to create fear. And, and that's what I was going to say. And uh, I think one of the uh, reasons for understanding and seeing the times is so you won't live in the spirit of fear. He said, I didn't give you a spirit of fear, but love, so, peace, and joy, and a sound mind. So there's something happening. When he talks about a sound mind, that means your mind is at a place where you're aware of and you're computing and taking in information and you're making sense of it, right? So when you have a sound mind, you have your ability to make sense of everything that's going on around you and how it plays uh, a part in a bigger picture. Say that again. Say it again. Say it again. <laughs> so <laughs> God didn't give you a spirit of fear. He gave you love. You know, sound peace, mind. But a sound mind. A sound mind is your ability to take in information and, and, and put it into a cohesive uh, manner where you can understand what's going on around you. Yeah. So it, when yeah. you look at the signs of the times and you're taking that information and, and you, you have a sound mind, fear is, is not easy to creep up on you. Yeah. And there's a lot of Christians living in fear, and that's why the question is, are these in time? That came out of not because of watching what God is doing, but because of fear, and they worried about what's going to happen tomorrow. And that's what Jesus spoke of in Luke 21. Uh, he said, men's hearts failing them for fear of the things that they see coming on the earth. <laughs> we shouldn't be living in that kind of fear. Mm-hmm. We have not been given the spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. Yes, we analyze, we understand, but we, our expectation is in God, his guidance, his provision, his protection. Amen? Amen? Amen. Very, very important as we talk about this stuff because I will tell you, some of these preachers will talk about this stuff to get you so scared, <laughs> scare you into prayer. <laughs> And sometimes, that's for some folks, they need to be scared. Oh, yeah, no, there, there is. Right? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Definitely. But when you're talking about signs of time, so I was in the gym. I've been going to the gym, you know, work on, on you know, this weight issue. Uh, and it's not easy. Believe me, I understand the struggle. Uh, food just calls me. <laughs> wait, wait. Food is a calling? No, it calls me. It's not a calling. I, okay. <laughs> you, know, you know, it's growing up, I've learned, because the way my mother cooks, and my mother cooks so well, that I have created uh, my eating time to be an experience. <laughs> right? Eating should be about an experience, but too bad an experience taken to the extreme becomes error. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I was in the gym, I was playing racquetball, right? And this old, uh, older gentleman, uh, was, he just stood in this one spot 
And I'm running around the court and I'm sweating. I'm out of, out of breath. My, my obliques is hurting. My, you know, my abductors are hurting. I'm like, okay, I need a break, right? So he says, okay, let me explain to you. He says, I'm able to stay here and be confident I can get the ball uh, and hit it because I'm watching where it's going. I'm observing the signs. And the, the, so if I know if it, the ball's going to hit here, the more likely it's going to land here, so it gives me the ability to hit it and not have to run around. And what I said, I, I, so I sat there and said, okay, Lord, what a lesson. You, I'm out of breath trying to talk to, talk to God. <laughs> and I said, wow, too many Christians are running around, running out of energy, getting caught up, getting tired of this Christian walk because they just haven't learned how to see the signs. And if we would learn how to see the signs, we'd be able to plant our feet on solid ground and observe and be able to respond no matter where things land. So that's what... <laughs> Give him a mic so he can drop it. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> No, that's great. That's great. Good stuff. Um, so, where do we want to begin? Um, well, there's I... an article that came out, and um, you sent you sent it to me, and then another oh, pastor sent it to Jerusalem me. Jerusalem Post. Yes, Jerusalem Post, and you know, just looking at uh, because too often the, the prophetic looks at right, if God's going to respond prophetically, right, and and we got to understand that it's a, it's a global man is global, right? With the humanity expands the globe. But then there's specific prophetic uh, uh, utterances or specific prophetic uh, speaking to geographic. And this article was talking about America and what's going on in America. And, but I think it's bigger than that. I read the article. I got it from two different sources. Okay. I got it from uh, Brian, mm-hmm. Brian, our development partner. I got it from... A uh, friend of mine is president of Promise Keepers, and this article started circulating uh, within charismatic circles, Pentecostal circles, evangelical circles, and it was an article that appeared in the Jerusalem Post, and the Jerusalem Post is an Israeli newspaper. It's a newspaper uh, that's, you know, Israel-based, uh, and uh, the writer, the title of the article was... Is God punishing the United States of America? Yep. That's the article. Is, did I get that right? Just check me. Is God punishing the United States yes. of mm-hmm. America? Yep. Yep, with Joe Biden on the front of it. See, that's why you got to read right? carefully right? and critically. <laughs> and you punishing that. America and a picture yeah, right? of Biden. Exactly. Subliminals. Uh, yeah, really. But the, there are people who are skilled in doing this. Mm-hmm. Skilled in convincing you of something. And, and, and it can happen very subtle. Just by putting a picture next to a headline, right? you make assumptions. Mm-hmm. Did I pronounce that word right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you have a picture of President Biden looking solemn. At yes. That. He's looking solemn. And it is, um, did I get the headline right? Is, yeah, is, is God punishing the United States of America? 
In the article, um, the writer, he begins to examine the things that have been happening in the United States, like mass shootings, gun violence, um, the extreme weather patterns that we've been experiencing across the country, the flooding, um, the wildfires and, uh, that we've experienced. West Coast. You know, over a million acres of, of land that was burned, right? Tornadoes. Uh, the tornadoes. And hurricanes. That, an increase in the number of tornadoes and hurricanes that we've experienced here in the United States. He points to homelessness. Mm -hmm. Uh, in New York City, uh, in New York State, and California. in California, uh, he points to what else? What else? Homelessness, um, the weather patterns, extreme weather patterns, uh, mass shootings. Those are the main three. In the right. Oh, the political tensions. Yeah, the political tensions. The, the uh, political uh, divide. Um, a war. We're, we're in a, what you call it? Civil war. Right. That we're in a civil war. That we haven't seen this much division and tension in our nation since the Civil War. He also points to the history of America since World War II, mm -hmm. saying that America's place in the world was that of a policeman yep. to police the world oh. and make sure that the world was kept safe uh, from evildoers. And tyranny. Yeah, yeah. And it, and so, you know, again, this is coming out of a very specific lens that this person has on America in terms of what and who America should be. Mm -hmm. And we're, we're, we're arguing about it here, who we should be, <laughs> right? Um, but I understand the history and, and the central theme of America, which I believe God established this nation. I believe that wholeheartedly and has used this nation. This has been the greatest base for missions to go out into the world. Mm -hmm. No other nation and our way of life. Look, people are not rushing to get to socialist countries. They're rushing to come to America. <laughs> I'm just saying, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, they're, they're coming here. They want to get here. They're breaking the boards down to get here. And <clears throat> so he, he talked about that. And for him, this was the signs of the times. And he raised the question, is, the all, is all the things that are happening to America God's punishment because America has not, has allowed the culture to change and move away from its role within, uh, within, the, within the world, the community of the world. All right, so when you read something like that, all right, how many remember Patak Slip? Mr. W. Patak Slip. All right? hermeneutic interpretation, how you interpret something. There are laws that govern interpretation, right? And one of the letters, the letter S, tax slip, right, uh, is supportive text. So if you go into the Bible and you pull out a theme, right, let's say it's healing, and this is what the Bible says about healing, you want to find other texts, other scriptures in the Bible to support that scripture. You don't want to take that one scripture and build a whole philosophy or narrative or worldview on that one verse. Amen? Amen? So you want supportive documentation to what you're presenting as an idea, as a theme. Well, what is true for biblical hermeneutic and interpretation is true when you're reading an article. So if someone is proposing 
that all of these things that have been happening in the United States is a sign of God's punishment upon our nation. The first question you have to ask is, are any of these things happening anywhere else? Mm -hmm. Or are we the only ones? So let's let's kind of run down it, run it down, take it apart, unpack it. (laughs) And this is what you have to do. You got to think critically, saints. So when we think of gun violence and mass shootings, it is true that we have the highest rate of mass shootings in the world. That is true. Absolutely. The proliferation of, of, of gun violence in our nation is a truth. It is a reality that we face here in America. But you also have to understand America's heritage of violence mm-hmm. throughout American history. And, you know, uh, the guy pointed out in the article that since World War II, America has been the superpower to keep the world from going into nuclear war. Well, it depends on how you look at that, because America was the first one to use nuclear weapons. <laughs> the atom bomb that was dropped on, on, on Hiroshima and, and Nagasaki, Nagasaki, wiping out, you know, a lot of life. And they'll say, well, that was in response to the, the bombing of Pearl Harbor. And then we have to get into the bombing of Pearl Harbor and the fact that America knew in advance that the Japanese were going to attack. So, and, and, and did they allow that attack and lose American lives in order to respond aggressively and assert themselves as a superpower? See, there, all of these questions come up, folks, if you're going to be honest and truthful in your examination of information. See, every, we have access to a lot of information and data, but that's not knowledge. It becomes knowledge when you interpret it correctly. Mm-hmm. And See, then when you apply it right... Fast because a lot of people watching this need to hear that. Well, yeah, people think they're smart because they have access to information. Information is information. It's just data, all right? It's, it's how you interpret that data that transforms it into knowledge and then how you apply it that moves it into the realm of wisdom. Mm. So just because, so, you know, that's why we can have a, we have a generation of, uh, of young people who are information rich and wisdom poor. Mm-hmm. So just because you have access to information, don't, don't, don't get, mm-hmm. don't let it blow up your head and ego to think that you're, you're, you know it all. No, no. Um, that's why perspective brings depth and breadth. It brings broad understanding and, and, and depth of understanding. And, and that's what experience and wisdom, you know, brings. That's why we, we, we need all this. So, so you, you, you've got to ask the right questions when you read an article like this that is making an indictment on American society saying that, you know, God's punishing us. And then you'll have those who don't take the time to examine it and think critically and see, there it is. Mm-hmm. And there is something called confirmation bias. Confirmation bias is simply our tendency to read things and look for things that confirm what we already believe. Mm-hmm. We all suffer from it. If you don't think critically and pay attention to it, that's where you can end up. And that's how these prophets get you know, out there because they'll say something generic 
And so many people deal with that one thing, and they oh, this is confirmation. That's it. Yep. God's confirming. Yes. I knew it. Hallelujah. Yep. <laughs> There's somebody from here in Brooklyn today. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 so the first question is, are these things that he outlined happening elsewhere? Mm-hmm. The reality is, the truth is that, yeah, violence, a proliferation of violence and gun violence and mass shootings, we're topping the charts, folks. But when it comes to extreme weather, we're not alone. Europe has experienced, Germany and Belgium has experienced extreme weather patterns that have brought flooding, that has killed hundreds of people, Volcanoes. damaged crops. Right? Uh, Italy experienced temperatures of 119 degrees Fahrenheit, which is the hottest that they've ever experienced. They have fires all up and down the Mediterranean with uh, uh, Crete, Cyprus, all these other countries. They were dealing with uh, fires. Wildfires. Wildfires in Siberia Mm -hmm. that was so intense that it released an increase in methane gas into our atmosphere. Across the Mediterranean, we, we've seen throughout Europe, and then, you know, issues of political division. Come on, look at Ukraine, look at Russia, look at the fact that, that Poland, uh, Hungary, Czechoslovakia, uh, Czech Republic, uh, Slovakia uh, are all leaning against uh, uh, immigration and refugees coming in, which is against what the European is trying to bring together and say, no, we've got to be sensitive, we've got to be compassionate. So the same divisions that we're experiencing here over issues like immigration uh, are, are, are very real and happening in Europe. Yep. Uh, also, um, not picking on Poland and, and, and Hungary, but they've taken on a position of authoritarian leadership. So, you know, they want a strong, powerful, dictatorial leader, and they want strong law and order. And then you have those who are saying, no, we're not looking that way. So the European Union is trying to bring all of these, you know, countries together. Uh, Homelessness, gosh, the statistics are staggering. Just in Italy alone, Italy, in Rome, you go to Rome, the homelessness there has increased I'm trying to remember the statistics, the number from pre-COVID to post-COVID, uh, uh, almost double. Uh, my, I might be off on my number. It might be higher than that. Uh, in America, we have 585,000 people homeless. All right? 585,000 people. Afghanistan, 4.6 million homeless. <laughs> China, 2.5 million homeless. Colombia, 4.9 million homeless. Egypt, 12 million people homeless. Ethiopia, 2.6 million. Indonesia, 3 million. Pakistan, 20 million homeless people. But what he said in the article was on the Western Hemisphere. But that's it. He kind of cover himself here. Ah. <laughs> So, uh, so the bottom line is, folks, to pronounce judgment on America and that God's punishing in America, then he's also punishing Europe, mm-hmm. all right? He's also punishing other parts of the world, um, in uh, Australia. If this is your standard, Some of these things are going on. Got a way to standard. You, you know, and then it raises the question, well, why isn't he punishing China who don't, don't want God? Mm-hmm. Why aren't you going after the ones who don't want God, not the ones who are struggling to have a relationship with God? See, these are the kind of questions that you have to ask when you reason spiritually. 
The Lord said to, to his people who were in sin and just messed up, he said, come, let us reason together. In other words, let's took, take a look at how you think you should live and how I think you should live and ask the question, is what you think working for you? I hope you got that. That's, a power, that's another powerful statement. The fact that God is, wants to reason with us. And he's, you know, and, and looking at both perspectives and say, okay, let's weigh the two perspectives. That's a powerful statement when you read that text. Please, church, don't, don't miss it. I, 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 does America hold a very special place in the world? Absolutely. When Jesus said, said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to take the message of the kingdom of God to every nation, it was to spread a way of thinking, a way of doing, a way of, of being, a comprehensive way of thinking that, that informs our words, our choices, our motives, our, our attitudes, our actions, our, all of that. So he wants the world to be influenced by the kingdom, by the message of the gospel. And he wants it to influence the culture, influence the politics of that culture, all of that. And Christianity has had a tremendous influence on the way the world thinks, the way the world functions, systems and government and ideas about love and forgiveness and family and all of that. That is very real. And has America been a, a, a light uh, that has upheld these, this Christian social ethic and belief system? Absolutely. Does America play a role in, in, in God's prophetic timeline and in what God is doing in the earth? I believe that with all of my heart, soul, mind, and strength. I believe that because of its history, how it was founded, everything about it. Uh, will God hold us accountable for how we as his people uh, respond to his order of things and his way of thinking and doing, absolutely, he's going to hold us uh, accountable. All right? This, this is all works together. But we have to think critically when we have declarations like that because the article is spreading around and confirmation bias is at work. So people are using that to support what they already think and believe. And when you do that, you don't think critically. Yep. You don't take the time to say, wait a minute, um, let me unpack this. And, and what, what happens is, in addition to that, he's presenting a standard now to be able to judge God's punishment. Hmm. And if that's going to be the standard, then the, the, the question is begged that is this standard something that we can take and look at it in the global sense? And truth has to be consistently applied. Yes. So if it's true, this standard that he's presenting, this writer's presenting, then we have to say, wherever there is this kind of activity, are we, a are we able to say definitively that it's God's judgment, that God's punishing? All right? And that's not true. It can't be consistently applied. All right? Plain and simple. Um, <laughs> I, I, my, my take after reading this is, we don't need God to punish us. Leave man to themselves and they'll punish themselves. <laughs> but he will judge. Don't get me wrong. All right. So, so let's, let's jump into this in the time that we don't have left. Are you ready? Because we're going to take, we're going to need a couple Sundays mm -hmm. just to go through. We want to equip you. All right, when you're in conversation about the signs of the time. And the more extreme things happen, whether it's weather extremes, whether it's, it's political division, upheaval, violence, and all of the expressions of the fallen human condition, all right, 
you're going to hear people pointing, those are the signs of the times. Mm -hmm. Economics, you know. And, and, and look, when, when you point to an earthquake, you can't just point to an earthquake. Earthquakes have been happening for thousands of years. All right? Jesus said what distinguishes the times is the frequency and intensity with which these things are happening. Um, we, we were sharing with Pastor Jamal that this area is a flood zone. And as we prepare for our development project, we have to consider the impact that our development project is going to have on the soil. So what, one of the things that they're concerned about is that there is enough green space and planting of trees, etc. All right? This is a law on the books, and it's called a 500-year flood zone, <laughs> which they're giving themselves 500 years that a flood can happen here. Now, Sandy took place. We didn't get flooded. We became a base to distribute food and generators to the Rockaways and other areas because of how this is elevated where we are. But notice, decisions are being made for a development project on a potential flood that can happen 500 years from now. And I've got to adjust <laughs> and plant more trees <laughs> because those, those laws are on, on the books. All right, That's the reality of how these things affect us and influence us. So as we think about you know, things that are happening, and this is true, all right, this is absolutely true, that these extreme weather conditions are happening with greater frequency and greater intensity. And with that alone, I have to say that this is what Jesus was talking about. On that basis, not just on the basis of an earthquake by itself. No, the frequency and intensity with which these things are happening. Daniel said in Daniel 12 that, that and before he had told Daniel, close the book, and this was prophetic insight into the close of this age before the establishment fully of the messianic kingdom here on earth. Uh, before he closed the book, God said to him, he said, um, knowledge will increase and men will be moving to and fro. Now, there are different ways that that has been interpreted, but essentially, for me, the best understanding of that text is number one, that we would move into the information age. Knowledge will increase. Has that happened? And let me tell you, this is why, this is why last week when you asked about mediums mm -hmm. and necromancy and, and sorcerers and, and all of that and trying to access information that God does not want released into the earth. Knowledge is what moves time along. When knowledge is injected into human history and the human experience, things speed up. In the last hundred years, the 20th century, we have seen incredible technological advancements from the Industrial Revolution, Technological Revolution, Information Age, all of those things. That's real. And why did it speed up? Because of knowledge, information that's being injected. That's how it's all controlled. Men will be moving to and fro, Jan Daniel said, King James language. The intensity of activity that is actually causing levels of stress that people are dying from. 
the scriptures speak about that. It's amazing how much of our physical ailments and emotional experiences, when we go to the doctor, the doctor says, it's stress. Stress seems to be the catch-all now to explain a lot of what we're experiencing. And what it simply is prophetically is the intensity of activity, the intensity of what it is to live in human society. And, and, and we get so caught up in it, we can't even break, break away. And now we're giving devices to stay connected to that intensity, making it even more intense. This past week, you know, I, Thursday, you know, I felt tired and fatigued and I had to come off the grid. Just shut it down. Shut it down. And we've got to be able to do that just to deal with the intensity of living that the scripture says we would be living in today. So we're going to get into the conversation and we're going to start in First Chronicles where, where the sons of Issachar understood the times. And they understood the times so that, uh, and they, they knew how to advise Israel on what it ought to do considering the times that the nation was in in First Chronicles chapter 12. So we're going to share that with you. Is that okay? Did you get anything out of this today? That was like 10 people clapping. I'm not going to do this again. I'm not coming next week. I'm going to stay home. <laughs> Look, let me tell you something. You know, you got it good. You come in here, sit down, and get in a half an hour to 40 minutes what it took years of study, accumulation, research. I hope you appreciate what goes on here, folks. I hope you appreciate what goes on here. I hope you appreciate the gift you have at Christian Cultural Center. Whether you're in this room, whether you're watching, I hope you appreciate the gift that you have here. There is meat in our house. And it doesn't end with me. Is there where the announcer says, I believe we have a minister who's waiting to lead you in prayer. <laughs> it is so good to be in the presence of God and to know that God so cares for us that he doesn't leave us in the dark. He doesn't leave us in confusion. He doesn't leave us in fear that his love is so real that he was willing to send his own and only son. You know, it's really critical for us to know that it's not one nation God is pouring out his judgments upon. The book of Revelations, the 15th and the 16th chapter says when God sends the angels to pour out his judgments, he's pouring out on the whole world the whole world, all of mankind. But it's critical for us to understand God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that, praise God, when 
or if that moment comes, whenever it is, we can stand in that holy place. We can stand in that righteous place in the presence of a holy God. And so before we go any further, there may be someone right here in this room that doesn't have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. You may be watching by way of live streaming and you may not have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. God does not want you to fear the things that are coming upon the land. He wants you to embrace the protection, the care, the provision, the love, the healing, the deliverance, yeah. all that he has provided for you. Hallelujah. But you have to first say yes. You must say yes. And if you're in this place or wherever you may be and you're ready to say yes today, we want to pray with you. If everybody in the sanctuary would please stand to your feet. And if you want to declare Jesus as Lord and Savior today, I want you to just lift your hand wherever you are and say, yes, Elder Pointer, I've heard the word. I've been in the presence of God. His anointing has ministered to my heart and I believe he's healing me right now. Glory to God. Just wave your hand at me so I can see you. If you're in your living room, if you're in your car, if you're in your dining room, if you're in, if in your bedroom, you lift your hand right where you are too. I saw your hand back there. Praise the Lord. This is a moment that has been determined by God in eternity. And there's nothing on this earth that could stop what God is about to do in your life. So if you all bow your heads with me right now, and just repeat with me this word of prayer. Say, Father, I thank you for the love that God has shed upon me through his son, Jesus Christ, and his sacrifice. I believe he died for me. But most importantly, I believe he rose for me. And he took my sins and he put them on the cross where they were never to be remembered again. And I receive right now into my heart the Spirit of the living God to cause me to be born from above. This yeah. is my declaration. Hallelujah. This is my confession. This is my belief that right now, in Jesus' name, I am saved right now. In Jesus' name. Somebody give God a praise and a hand clap. If you prayed that prayer, there is a number on the screen for you to call or text so that we can be in touch with you and you can receive help in this journey. It is a journey. And we are going to praise God with you and for you as we walk together and we walk to wait to see what God is going to do in our lives because it's something good Amen. that he has prepared. Somebody give God a praise. Amen. Amen. I think it's important that you keep in mind Christians that God did not call us to live life in fear. 
you call us to live in faith. For the justified, the just shall live by faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. God is in control and he is with his people. Are we his people? Amen. He'll make a way where there's no way or seems to be no way, right? Amen. Praise the Lord. Father God, we thank you so, so much for who you are. And Lord, as we navigate this thing called life, we pray and ask for your spirit to guide us, to guard us, to govern us, to enlighten us, to protect us, to, to strengthen us, to hold us accountable. Lord, you have done amazing things in our lives. Yes, Lord. But we are now walking in an expectation for even greater. So, Lord, we ask for you in total surrender. Have your way in our lives. In Jesus' precious, precious name. Amen. And amen. 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 Oh, real, real quick. <laughs> I was debating if I was going to say this, but yes, I'm back on Instagram. For those who have been asking me, <laughs> I never got my old account back, but um, I'm, it's Jamal Bernard Sr., J-A-M-A-A-L, Bernard Sr. If you want to follow me, I interact on social media. You got that? He is back on Instagram. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure it out. So let's say something good as we leave this place, but never God's presence. Jesus, Jesus is Lord, period. We, we believe, believe it, we, we proclaim it, it and, and we're seeing, seeing it come, come to pass. pass. Have a blessed week in the Lord. Thanks for tuning in to the A.R. Bernard Podcast. I hope you were enriched by the information and or the conversation. Make sure subscribe by clicking the link in the bio to gain more information about me and the work that I'm doing. Again, thank you and God bless. Mm-hmm.